talking about LinkedIn, I have seen some wild things on LinkedIn from, yeah. and and majority of my connections are lawyers. So, I mean, I implore. <laughs> Ready? Ready? All right. Welcome, everyone, to the Answering Legal channel. I am your host, Nick Worker. I'm the marketing manager here at Answering Legal. And today we are here with Michelle Calcote King of Reputation Inc. So I uh, wanted to start off, uh, Michelle, if you could tell us a little bit about your background and about your company, Reputation Inc. Yeah, sure. Reputation Inc. is a marketing and PR agency focused on uh, corporate law firms. So we have worked in the professional services arena um, and been in business for about nine years. Um, and we do uh, public relations uh, and content marketing. So we do a lot of thought leadership and expertise driven marketing for lawyers. Uh, awesome. Um, so in your opinion right now, um, how can attorneys sort of make the best use of any downtime that they have as they wait for the legal world to fully reopen? Yeah, we have clients. So we have some clients that are busier than they've ever been before. And then we have clients that have a bit of a, a lag right now with work. And, uh, and what we recommend is this is a time to really update um, a lot of those foundational materials that is uh, really important to marketing. So it could be a bio, um, LinkedIn profile, um, spending some time on your CRM system, getting all your contacts up to date, uh, writing case studies. But a lot of that stuff that tends to um, often clients just don't have to, lawyers don't have time to do when they're very busy um, that can yield benefits uh, later on. Awesome. Um, like you were saying with the thought leadership that you guys do a lot of that, um, this seems like a great time. And, and this goes back into what you were just saying. It seems like a great time for attorneys to be engaging in, in thought leadership type marketing. Um, so what would be your specific advice that you would have law firms do if they're looking to create these thought leadership sort of content pieces during this time? Yeah. So thought leadership works really well when it is consistent and ongoing. So uh, my only fear uh, that is that clients will sort of produce a few pieces um, and then it'll, it'll, you know, it'll happen once. And then when they get busy, they'll let it fall off. So um, it's important to think through and to set up that ongoing strategy. What do I need to continually um, contribute to the conversation, um, develop thought leadership pieces ongoing, and to set up that structure and system and to think through, you know, how can I fit this in into my practice? Um, what are the topics I want to be writing about? Um, and to, to sort of make a plan, really. Um, certainly, just getting out there and starting to, to produce content is important. Right now, clients are facing a lot of challenges that they've never faced before that lawyers can, can help with. But um, the key is to make sure that it's, it's going to continue even when they get busy. So, because um, otherwise, you know, one-off thought leadership pieces, you might have uh, a result from one, but that, that's almost really usually not the case. It is a, a consistent effort over the long term um, that they need to be thinking about. I like that. Uh, consistency is key. And, uh, you know, in my opinion, everybody who was super consistent is the people you're talking about that have tons of cases and tons of work right now. And then, you know, now is, is sort of an opportunity for people to get caught up and, and make their first one and start doing stuff right. like that. Right. Um, Absolutely. So 
And this kind of ties into what we were just saying is how important is it for lawyers to stay highly visible during times of crisis and, and what can they be doing to sort of boost their visibility right now? I know, I know you're preaching sort of a long-term um, approach, which I definitely would agree with, but what's some of the things that you've seen that can, can sort of boost their visibility during this time if they don't have it already? Yeah. Um, you know, what I, what I tell our clients is that, uh, that people perceive a lack of communication during a crisis negatively. It's just, uh, it's the way people uh, react. So if you, um, if you sort of disappear when, um, when your own clients are sort of going through turmoil and have a lot of questions, um, that, that's going to um, impact your, your reputation and the way they think of you in a negative way. So that, I think that helps people understand the importance of continuing um, to communicate and also you know, wading into some topics that might be um, changing. You know, a lot of the coronavirus um, uh, information was changing on a day-to-day -day basis. Lawyers were having to figure out the, the PPP loan guidance. That was changing. But at the same time, it's still important to, to be that, um, that resource for clients and to be putting out um, thought leadership. So really, it's, um, it's, it's talking about what you can talk about, um, being clear about what you don't know, um, and um, kind of having that transparency and honesty with your communications during, during a time of crisis. Um, but clients do want to hear from, especially a lawyer. A lawyer is a, a, a relied upon professional in many clients' lives. They don't want to feel like their, their lawyer isn't really uh, staying on top of, of what's happening um, in the industry and, and how it will impact their clients. So um, the main piece of advice is to continue to engage and to uh, put out thought leadership. LinkedIn is, is, is pretty big and it's growing through this pandemic. Um, I've seen people using Zoom really effectively in a way, I think that's really surprised a lot of people in terms of you know one-on-one -on -one Zoom calls and how that can really be a great networking tool. So, um, so yeah, so to continue that momentum. So interesting because I talk to a lot of marketers all the time and we're constantly trying to get, you know, the best marketing advice for our clients. But it's so interesting to hear from a, from a PR standpoint, how important communication is with your clients mm -hmm. and with, you know, your potential clients. Um, people don't really think of like the actual person to person communication that they can put out through thought leadership. They just think of it as, you know, I'm content marketing and this is a type of content marketing which, which it sort of is, but, but the communication with your clients is ultimately what's going to sort of let them know that they can reach you during this time of crisis Very and that you're not just shutting off. Yeah. So I, I thought that was really interesting. Thanks. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so, and this is a tough one and, and I'm glad that we have you because this is probably in your forte because I don't even know what to do with this myself. Um, so for law firms that do decide that they want to make a public statement on divisive issues, like with the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, movement, how can they go about doing so the right way and make sure that the right message gets across? Yeah, um, we've advised several law firms on this. Um, there's a couple of things I think uh, law firms need to think about. One, um, you know, sort of looking internally first and, and really what their own um, with getting their own house in order. So have, you know, before we go out and make a statement, um, have we been uh, doing all we can in terms of diversity? Diversity is a huge issue um, in the law firm industry because it's one of the least diverse uh, professions um, out there today. So 
one kind of looking looking internally and then being honest if you have work to do so um i've i've seen a lot of law firms very effectively say look this is important we're committed to it but we have some work to do um and uh people respect transparency and honesty um uh, the other thing to think about is including your diverse lawyers in on that messaging so you know don't let this be a, a committee of non-diverse um, attorneys putting out a statement about uh, something that really affects uh, um, your diverse lawyers so bring them in on that um, then I would also make sure that you um, are really studying the movement you know you really understand um, the important the, the way people are talking about these issues um, and um, you're, that you're contributing and not um, taking away. I, we, we use the term a lot, tone deaf. So um, it's really important not to, to come across tone deaf. And, and the only way to do that is to really pay attention and to be listening, following on social media, really understanding uh, what's happening. Um, and, you know, and then the other thing to do is really kind of show action. So if you want to put something out, um, show, show what you're doing um, or provide resources for, for others who want to contribute. So the main thing is to not seem like you're just sort of uh, giving a nod to it um, and uh, aren't taking it seriously and, or are using it as a marketing opportunity. That would be the, the worst case, um, I think, scenario um, that could happen with that. So. Yeah, that's a ton of good um, material to keep in mind. Um, I love the term tone deaf. And uh, talking about LinkedIn, I have seen some wild things on LinkedIn. From, yeah. and, and a majority of my connections are lawyers. So, I mean, I implore, <laughs> I implore the lawyers who, who want to have something to say, um, definitely get in contact with somebody like Michelle or Reputation Inc. Because Public relations is so important, if, especially if you want to contribute. Like if it's something that's very important to you and you really want to make your voice heard and help, um, it's important to not sort of impede the progress that the movements are making at the time, but also right. to be in line and, and to really get your, your proper message across. That's yeah. what I got from that. And I thank yeah. you because to me, that, that helps a ton. Um, <laughs> uh, so I want to ask you on the same, on the same kind of note, how has legal public relations been impacted by the pandemic? And are there still opportunities for lawyers to get the word out about their firm with so much going on in the world right now with all the, the buzz and the, and the chatter? Yeah, it's, it's certainly been an interesting time. Um, you know, there, there have been times where we have advised clients not to put anything out, where it just makes sense to, to, to be respectful of what's happening in the world and to, to hold back on any kind of non-essential um, communication. So there are those days, you know, um, when what's going on in the world, it's just, it's not the right time. It would appear tone deaf. Um, but then the, you know, uh, the other thing um, would be to, uh, just sort of hold off on some more kind of congratulatory type press. Again, when sort of the world feels like it's burning down around you, you don't want to be kind of going out and going, you know, look at this cool award we got. Um, it, again, gives that tone depth um, uh, sense to it. Um, but I, I do think, I don't think it means that this entire uh, phase that we've gone through, I don't think uh, it would be appropriate to completely shut down. Again, it's more about um, uh, putting out educational content, valuable content, and maybe just pulling back a little bit on the self-congratulatory type communications. Um, when coronavirus started, um, it, the, the 
it was a flood of content. And I think what a lot of law firms learned is that not all content is good. Um, there's a way to effectively put it out. So a lot of law firms sort of rush to get all this content out and press out. Um, and a lot of clients kind of uh, push back on that. They were, it was just too much. So I think it provides an opportunity to really think and be more effective um, in, in what you're putting out. You know, are you, are you just, you know, kind of vomiting onto an email of information? Are you really thinking strategically about what a client needs to hear and know and summarizing it in a, in a very helpful way? Um, there were tons of webinars for a while and there was webinar fatigue. So again, maybe a webinar is not the best strategy and something really short and succinct would, would help better. So, um, so yeah, it's been a, it has been an interesting few months, that's for sure. But Sorry, I'm getting for everybody. <laughs> I'm getting pinged on my, uh, oh, no, my computer no. screen. Um, yeah. And you know what? I love everything that you were saying because it sort of goes back to, and this is what, how I learned content marketing, right? Is getting the right message to the right person at the right time. Right. And, uh, you know, it sounds like if you're not thinking in terms of PR, when it comes to your content marketing, you, you really might deliver the right message to the right person at the wrong time. Right. And, uh, and, and that way your message becomes diluted and it becomes less effective. So you want to make sure obviously that you're giving your, your marketing or your, your, your PR or anything you're putting out there, you want to give it the best chance to succeed. And right. so, yeah, I think we all could do better to think more in terms of, of PR. Um, right. In terms of that, in terms of like things that you can put out, obviously we have social media. Um, how can law firms best use their social media channels during this time? Um, yeah, I, for me, I'm, I'm not sure much has changed, in, but except for the fact that um, it, you have to be reflective of what's going on in your content. So again, if, if uh, you're putting out over your social media channels uh, on a day when we've had massive social unrest, uh, something that is, um, you know, overly congratulatory, fluffy humor, that kind of thing. So one of the first things we did was tell clients, check your automated social media. So, you know, that was one of the first thing because we, a lot of us, you know, plan out our social media posts in advance, you know, you've got it loaded in there, um, ready to go. And the worst case scenario would be, you know, um, a, a LinkedIn post or something that goes up that, that doesn't feel right for that moment. So check that. Um, and then, I mean, we were kind of regularly when a lot of the, um, a lot of the protests, things were happening. Um, we were sort of regularly reviewing and going back to the drawing board on what we had already planned for that week um, and thinking through, um, is this, does, you know, is this the right tone? Is this the right message? So um, there's that, you know, LinkedIn is a really like, it's a one-on-one -on -one tool. So um, people don't engage so much with, with firms or brands on LinkedIn. They, they engage with uh, professionals. So individuals on LinkedIn. So that's a really important thing that um, I think law firms need to understand and they really have to do some training with their lawyers on how they can use LinkedIn as a business development tool themselves rather than sort of oh, relying on the firm to, to post something. Um, because if they want to build relationships, they have to spend the time on the on the platform um, themselves. So yeah, uh, I as soon as you started talking about all the stuff like uh, making sure that you're not interfering with something that's going on. I was like, oh, we better check their automations. And uh, <laughs> there was like the blackout, right? On Instagram, right. everybody yeah. posting the black screen. And I remember my team and I talking 
We were like, check everything. We use Hootsuite. We're like, check Hootsuite. Make sure nothing's going out today. And it's not, it's not a matter of like, of I'm for or against anything. It's a matter of just really not being tone deaf, right? I'm not going to put out this, hey, check out my blog post while there's a ton of social yeah. unrest happening, being right? Yeah. And uh, in the same regard, I just, actually, my, my wife works in, a, in a digital advertising. And she sent me an article yesterday about how tons of advertisers are, are boycotting Facebook and, and people are pulling yeah. their spend. And, and she's reaching out, she and her agency are reaching out to all of their, um, what would you call that, their clients, and saying, you know, it might not be a good idea for you guys to be advertising on Facebook right now. And these are the type of things that people should be paying attention to in order to not be seen as the tone deaf out of touch, because no one wants yeah. to deal with someone who's out of touch. Well, I think she, yeah, it, your wife sounds like she's being a good advisor to clients, because I think that's the advice clients so. need. Clients need a, hey, I, you know, I don't know if you want to think about this, but, you know, this is what's happening right now. So that's what we try to do, you know, like Blackout Tuesday, you know, I don't know if you want to participate, but I want to, you know, give you the heads up that mm -hmm. this is happening. Um, so absolutely. Yeah, I, it's, it's so important to stay on top of stuff like that. Um, this is a, a weird one, right? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm throwing you a curveball here. Uh, so I want to talk about legal networking and uh, how it's become much more of a challenge, obviously, because we can't really meet face to face at all since the pandemic. Um, so is there any advice that you have for those looking to engage in virtual networking, like these virtual conferences that are going on? Yeah. Um, well, you know, that was, I was just going to say double down on LinkedIn and, and honestly zoom or whatever your practice, your, mm -hmm. your uh, um, platform is. I've seen where um, I, I was talking to one consultant who recommends that her lawyers really try to set up you know, a certain amount of uh, zoom face to face chats uh, with new contacts per week. So, um, and that person saw, you know, a lot of results from that. So just, you know, when you're making a connection, reach out to, uh, you know, that connection to say, hey, you know, it's sort of the old, can I take you out to lunch um, type thing, you know, but now it's a, hey, can, can we do a 20 minute Zoom um, call? And, and they're actually pretty effective. When you see someone on the screen, it's, it's much, um, you get a better connection than you do um, over email or just seeing them on LinkedIn. So I think it, it, it really is just kind of transferring a lot of what you, you know, can I take you to lunch versus, you know, and I've seen some creative ways of, hey, I'm going to send you a, a gift card for, a, you know, a coffee and maybe we can both sip coffee over Zoom. But, um, you know, just using those tools to make those connections in a one-on-one in -on -one basis um, is very helpful. And then just going back to LinkedIn and, and um, trying to pinpoint the communities and the people you want to connect with um, and then adding value. One trend I see on LinkedIn that um, is, uh, is linked to people tend to be writing sort of more narrative long posts that are a lot more personal. And those to me seem to be the ones that get a ton of engagement. Um, so they're, they're conversational style. They're not formalized uh, marketing posts. So think in terms of, can I, can I just, um, it, and also think about another consultant talked to me about observation. So in your day-to-day -day life or day-to-day -day work life, you, you observe things that you see happening, trends, you know, keep a working doc and then just share those, you know, in a, in a narrative conversational style post. Um, and you'll start kind of building a community of people around you that, that respond to you and engage with you. I, I love that you said that because those are the only things that I ever have commented on LinkedIn is right. if somebody especially like a marketing connection I have, that they'll be like, 
have you ever noticed this about Google? And I'm like, right. oh, right. I, I totally agree. And then I'll comment, you know, and I'm not a big commenter. I'm not a big social media person personally, but uh, those always seem to get me when it's like, I, you got me that I deal with that on a daily basis. I can't help. I can't help myself. Right now, your mental health is probably a lot better than most of us. <laughs> I have to be on social media a lot, so I thought, man, it would be nice to take a break right now. But I'm a lurker. Uh, I just like to read stuff. Yeah, I'm not. Gotcha, I'm gotcha. so bad. Like, yeah, I don't know. My wife yells at me too. She like posts a picture yeah. of us on Facebook, and she's like, "How come you didn't like or comment or subscribe <laughs> or re or retweet?" I'm like, yeah. oh, "I don't know." Man. Yeah, let's see that. <laughs> yeah. Um. So this is something that I think is super interesting about your company, Reputation Inc. Because um, obviously, before we jumped on this call, I wanted to do a bunch of research on Reputation Inc. And one of the things that you guys preach is that attorney bios on their website um, yeah. are so much more important than people think. I would yeah. love for you to elaborate on that. Well, I mean, all the data shows that uh, attorney buyers are the top visited web pages, or top pages within a law firm site. So... Um, if you look at the traffic law firm sites are getting, it's, it's to those attorney bio pages. And it makes sense if you think about the fact that an, a, an attorney is the product that a law firm is selling. So when clients buy a law firm, they are really looking at a particular lawyer often. I, some firms have such strong brands that they are buying a law firm brand. But um, for smaller firms, um, especially, they're buying the actual attorney. So that's why uh, those bios are, are the most trafficked pages. Um, and it's really important that um, the lawyers take some time to really think through how they're presenting themselves uh, on, on those pages. It, it really is their, their own website um, and um, plays an important role in, in whether a client actually brings that, you know, that law firm on. So we do a lot of, one, just writing the narrative for, for lawyers, but also working with them to Think about going and getting client testimonials that they can add to their bios. Um, thinking through, can we can we cross-link a lot of the thought leadership that the lawyer's done onto their bio? Um, so kind of helping strategically think about the kind of content they need to get on that page. Whether they want to write it in first person or third person, you know, the, all those kinds of uh, questions. Um, but they are, they're just a heavily trafficked page that clients are paying attention to. That's so interesting that you say that because Number one, I've never thought of an attorney as, this, as the, the sort of tangible product that they're selling. I always think of it as, you know, I got a traffic ticket. Can you make right. my traffic ticket go away? But, right. you know, you're really hiring a person at the end of the day, and, right. and you're so right about that. Um, I do have a, a question. Especially for business lawyers, because it's an ongoing relationship. You know, it's not a one-off problem that they're having. So... Um, that's sure. why, you know, clients are looking really closely. Is this the, is this the advisor I want day in, day out, um, working with me in my business? So, um, that's where it really comes into play. So you just mentioned writing in the, in the first person and the third person, and I won't give my opinion because my opinion doesn't really mean anything, but what in, in your expertise, um, what's the best way to write it? Is it in the first person? Is it in the third person? We, so I honestly like first person I, and I, to be honest, I don't know if my bio, my, my bio might be in third person. So I kind of, but I, I like for first person because it, it, it is a, it is a personal uh, document about the, the attorney. I think it, it, it reads very well, but some, some law firms just have a style across the board. They want it to be third person. It depends on the, the culture of the firm. Um, that's my personal, I just, I like first person. I think if I'm a client reading it, um, 
it, uh, it, I, I feel more connected. Um, some attorneys don't like first person because it's hard to kind of brag about yourself in first person. So it's easier if, if uh, a lawyer doesn't feel that comfortable sort of, you know, talking about the, their accomplishments and all the many wonderful things they've done to put it in third person. But I, I think first person's more effective. As we were talking, I, I, was, I was thinking, you know, if I'm reading a lawyer's website, I would want to see it in first person. But like you said, I think my bio is in third person and I wrote my own bio. Right. And uh, yeah, you're right. It's just hard to brag about yourself, but yep. just keep that in mind. Obviously, mm -hmm. you know, some people, you got two for two. We think you should write it in first person. So if you want to revisit yep. that. Yeah, um, so switching gears, yep. um, what are some of the long-term effects um, that you think the COVID-19 pandemic could have on the legal marketing world moving forward? Um, I honestly think it's just going to... Uh, push forward uh, the importance of digital marketing. You know, law firms, law firms aren't, law firms were really ahead of the game in um, thought leadership compared to other industries. Lawyers have been blogging um, kind of before blog blogging was cool, but I don't see a lot of law firms really doing digital marketing um, in a really advanced way. So what I'm seeing is people really starting to think about, because um, we work with law firms that often don't even have a CRM system. You know, they're still in that phase. They've still got all their contacts and outlook. And so I think, I think it's going to uh, accelerate the transition to digital and to be more sophisticated with digital marketing. So, um, but also I think it's accelerating other things like the importance of, uh, for, you know, forming a niche. Um, determining a niche market because niche marketing uh, when you don't have the the relationship based uh, in-person networking and geography doesn't matter as much a niche really is important so um, and that allows you to do a lot more uh, digital marketing and thought leadership more effectively if you have a very focused audience um, and uh, you're building an online community so I think it's accelerating those trends are already happening it's just sort of accelerating it um, uh, forward faster. I, so. I totally agree with you. Um, I didn't really know that you were going to go there with the niche, but, um, I mean, it makes sense. Um, if you were sort of kind of like the general counsel in town lawyer before, it's going to be hard for you to get out there. Um, especially, you know, we don't really know how things are going to go moving forward. Um, and for a good example, I, the, the guy on my team, Joe, uh, he writes great content. He wrote a blog post the other week that he was like, people have complicated issues. You know, uh, it, it's no longer the days of, of like, you know, I'm looking, uh, I'm getting divorced. I need a, a divorce lawyer. It's I'm getting divorced and I own an oil field and there's, you know, two stepchildren involved and adopting and, and adoptive uh, children involved. Yeah. And uh, people are looking for, for answers to their complicated issues, you know, and they want someone right. who's, an expert in that sort of thing. So if you can brand yourself, I mean, that's a, that's an extreme example, but you, you get what I'm saying. Um, even right. answering legal. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the internet has driven this trend, you know, because before, you know, before the internet, you had to rely on who you knew, you know, networking at the chamber of commerce, that kind of thing. So you, you went with your local guy, you know, um, whereas the internet now you can find someone that specializes in exactly what you need. Um, and so that's just kind of driven this trend toward people wanting someone who 
um, you know, only works in their industry or is a very, you know, you can, you can specialize vertically or horizontally. Um, you know, you can be a specialist in a service area or you can be a specialist in an industry. Um, and it's really figuring out what, what's the client need and, and really where that growth is going to come from. And I think this is going to accelerate. That. I totally, I totally agree. It's definitely that people yeah. have the opportunity to really look for solutions to their yeah. problems rather than just right. like the yellow pages, you know, right. um, yeah. it's not alphabetical yeah. anymore. Now we can look right. for real problems. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so wrapping up, what is your biggest piece of advice for law firms on getting through this challenging time? Um, biggest piece would be to continue marketing, not pull back. Um, I actually did a, I did a blog post when a lot of this started and I wanted to, I wanted to put out the thought that look, marketing in a recession is important, but I didn't want to do it because that just sounds self-serving. I'm a marketing agency owner. Um, so I went and I really looked at the research um, and there's been a lot of really great research studies done about the company's expenditure through a recession and then their financial performance afterward. And Every major study I found showed that companies that really continued to keep the, the foot on the gas um, during a recession or even increase it come out uh, um, much more, um, much better afterwards. So um, making sure that you're not having that gut reaction of, oh, I've just got to pull back everything, you know, not do anything. You're, it, that's going to be, that, that's, it's, it's a mistake. I mean, um, uh, this is, this is the time really to kind of, you know, put, uh, start investing in marketing, um, because it's what grows your business. So don't stop doing the things that grow your business. So, yeah, it sounds kind of corny, but it's like, this is an opportunity, you know, it might be, you know, some of us are falling on hard times financially and there's not as much business, but we can due to this opportunity, dedicate even more time to, to right. marketing and bettering our web presence. Exactly. Um, so I actually, I want to take a couple of minutes. Um, yeah. Do you have like an elevator pitch that you would give to anybody who would want to, you know, explore working with you at Reputation Inc.? Yeah. So um, we work exclusively with lawyers. Um, we um, ha have deep expertise in the legal industry. So if you're looking to improve your profile, get more visible, um, start building your business. Um, PR and content are really what builds a professional services business. So um, both of those things um, contribute to building a community of people around you that um, might need your services. Um, and um, we know the, the legal industry and can really step right in and help develop that plan and kind of get that marketing engine going. So. Awesome. And uh, how would how would a lawyer go about getting in, in contact with you? What's the best? Uh, like, think that our under? website and all the contact information is there. So it's Reputation Inc. Um, our website is rep-ink.com. Um, so, and just send me, a, send me a, uh, an email, but my um, information is all on the website. Awesome. And uh, I'm going to put links to Michelle's contact information and the link to her website in the description on this video and wherever else it ends up. But uh, Michelle, I want to say thank you so much for joining us on the, uh, the inaugural episode of this series. Awesome. And yeah. uh, everybody, thanks for watching and thanks for joining us. Awesome. Thank you so much.